Welcome to Just Sayin', a podcast produced by and recorded at Tri-State Worship Center. Now here are your hosts, Allison Gardner and Pastor Terry Wagner. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Just Sayin' podcast. My name is Allison Gardner and I'm here with PT. Hello, Allison Gardner. You waited. Good job. I, I, like you didn't interrupt I me I purposefully, this time. on purpose, yes. did that Thank because you. you complained about it. Yes. Well, I need to introduce you. Well, I'm not important. Uh, I mean, I am asking you the questions here. I know, but you are the producer. Yeah, okay. You, I could be That's fired fair. at any time. Uh, you know, I never considered See that. See there? Hmm. Might have to keep that in mind. We're also here mm. with um, <laughs> we're also here with our sound magician Tyler Staten. Hello, hey, hello. <laughs> Big crowd applause. <laughs> yeah. You could put that in. Yes. Later. Yes. I think what we just did was fine. Yeah. I okay. Mean, that was good. Right. Yeah. We'll go with that. Yeah. DIY sound DIY effects. DIY sound effects. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> TSWC, another DIY pod, another dot com, you can get sound effects that we come up with and put them on your podcast. Mm, that's another. good. Make us some money. And right. we're going to, then we're going to do another podcast about that. About the sound effects. We're just going to talk about the sound effects. Mm. That we- <laughs> through scripture. Yes. Through scripture. Viewing yes. sound effects through scripture. We're going to read sounded. the Bible what? front to back. <laughs> And with sound effects. With sound effects that we make. <laughs> That's in, good. In the beginning, the Lord made a cow. Ooh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we sell that and we make money to buy more equipment for this podcast. Yes. And merch. Merch. I'm working on that. Really? I am. I'm going. Guys, after you said that, I was merch. like, we should do that. Yes. Right. I don't see any reason not to. I, no, I want a t-shirt with my face on it. Yeah. Looking up like this. <laughs> That's the only reason Capital you're doing Capital T Faith. It. Right. And that's, a, that's what I want to put on the, on the top of it, a little thought bubble coming out of my head. Yes. All right. I'm excited, uh, guys. Okay. Fun faith. stuff in the works. Yes. Stay tuned. Stay yes. tuned. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, season three, guys, we have been talking about the family. The fam. The fam through the lens of scripture. My squad. Yes. The nuclear family specifically. Mm. And that was a good use of that term. Thank good you. Job. Thank good you. Job. I'm working on it. Yes. We're trying to, people are trying to get him in the loop with I'm the I'm trying slang. to get relevant. Get, get yeah. woke. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> that hit me different. Oh, that was ah. good. That was good. I like it. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Although I shouldn't, have put the word me, I shouldn't have put the word me in there. That hit different. That's all. Yeah. It's that just, hit different. That hit different. Yes. I'm, wor- I'm, I'm going to yeah. get there. He's going to get it. Now, for those of you that are out there saying, okay, boomer, move on. Mm. <laughs> I mean, then they're not relevant either. Right. No one's saying they that anymore. They have no anymore. idea. Exactly. So, exactly. For real. Ooh. So. <laughs> I just used it. <laughs> so um, we've covered uh, what is the nuclear family. We've covered um, the father's role in the family, and we've covered the mother's role in the family last week. And so. Uh, I guess we're slowly working our way down the quote-unquote food chain mm, of the family. Yeah. So uh, today we're talking about <laughs> today's the children. Di- today's dish is. <laughs> today's dish. <laughs> the children's. I thought we were talking about pets today. Pets? <laughs> Next week. Pets so, okay. through the lens of scripture. <laughs> I really could go on about how some people claim that their pets are their children. Oh, boy, don't. And how don't. that irritates 
hurts me so no, bad. Listen, it's not T W A G N R T Wagner nine seven seven. It's Allison's email address now. Whatever that I is. I cannot handle that. I saw okay. I saw a meme the other day that there were these mugs at Target and they had the word plant dad on there and I just <laughs> face palmed like what? And a picture of a succulent. <laughs> This is my child. <laughs> I am a plant father. Uh, I can't. Yeah. I uh, That's funny. Ah, uh, man. So, Anyways. yeah, okay. What, <laughs> were we, what were we talking about? We're talking about the children. Children. The children. The children's. We're talking about um, children today and their, their role in the family because uh, we believe as uh, Bible-believing Christians that each member of the nuclear family has a distinct and important role that can be defined by scripture. Yes. And so that is what we're going to try and establish here today, much like what we've done in the past with the father and the mother. Um, so my first question for you, PT, is mm-hmm. why and how are kids an integral part of the biblical picture of a family? Well, I mean, you got to go all the way back to Genesis and the Lord made man and woman and put them together and told them to be fruitful and multiply or replenish the earth. And so, you know, obviously children being the result of being fruitful, uh, that makes that, that biblical precept uh, a reality. And I, and I think that family um, is a picture of, we, and we've talked about this before, a picture of like the Trinity, God the Father and Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so, I think for kids to be uh, to be identified as that important or integral part of of a of a family is to say that we're we're trying to fulfill the biblical mandate of uh, replenishing the earth. I mean, the second part of that question is you know why isn't marriage enough? Well, marriage on its own is not going to replenish the earth. Mm. Marriage on its own is not going to uh, you know multiply, and so. Um, the family's a picture of, of being a disciple. And from the beginning, God's first mandate is to be fruitful and multiply. So if we're going to be good disciples, then we follow that, that mandate. And I think that's, that's the short answer of, of why children have to be a part of that picture or need to be part of that mm-hmm. picture. Yeah. Um, we're raising a generation to carry on the Christian ethic. Christian values, the biblical precepts, raise a, ch- a child in fear and admonition of the Lord is what Ephesians 6 says, uh, raise children and train them up in the way they should go is what Proverbs says. So, you know, there's all these uh, nuggets of scripture that tell us about what, how to raise children, how to train children, what we should be doing with children. So obviously it's a biblical mandate for there to be children or there wouldn't be the instruction uh, of how to raise a child. Yeah. And obviously God looked at the garden and said, somebody's got to cut this grass. Right, yeah. <laughs> somebody's got to take care of this. And Adam said, I got to work. <laughs> so I'm going to have some children do it. Help me do the work. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I think... Uh, and that was when the... Oh, what, when you give kids money for doing the allowance, allowance. That's yeah. where allowance first was mentioned in the Bible. Oh, cool. <laughs> Not really. Oh, really? I no. Made that up. Oh, okay. you were hoping though, weren't you? I mean, you I never got home. one. I was gonna say you were gonna take that home yeah. and say, "Hey, yeah." I mean, I was. I'm, I'm gonna been like, "Mom, this is biblical. Like, you got to give me some I money." I learned this well, today. <laughs> and my parents always said, "You get an allowance." 
No, I don't. Yes, you're allowed yeah. to live here. <laughs> you're allowed to sleep in your bed and eat our food. That's good. Um, I think it's important to note, too, that um, I think we mentioned this last week, but the fact that God could have used any other means to create people, mm-hmm. um, any other means that he chose, he could have just you know, planted each one of us here on the earth as full grown adults. Like little cabbage patch yeah, kids. Yeah, exactly. Planted us in the garden <laughs> and we grow up a little bit and then we're ready. Yeah, no, to be but picked. He, but he's a relational Yeah, God. but he didn't. He he put, he he set up this, this family unit for a purpose. Um, and I think when we see, when we look at marriage, um, children are the fulfillment of mm-hmm. that purpose. And so uh, I what? think it's becoming more and more, um, we're, we're in a crisis right well, now. And that's, I was just getting ready to ask, and I don't want to get ahead. I don't think this is uh, what we're going to talk about. But why do you think that we fight so hard against that? Mm-hmm. Why, I mean, why as a culture, as a society, not just the United States, but even globally, why do we fight so hard against this biblical model you know, that we've been given? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I really am curious, you know, why I think it's specifically related to children. I think when it comes down to it, it's, it's really just selfishness. Um, when you, when you look inward, many people say, you know, well, I'm just not built for that. I, I don't have the gifts to do that. I don't feel called. I don't feel if it's a woman, I don't feel motherly, uh, or maybe I had a bad past and, you know, I don't want to bring, or even I've heard this one. I don't want to bring children into a world like this. Yeah. Um, but really, if you look inwardly, that's just selfish. That's just selfish of you to, to, uh, keep all of you for yourself. And I think we live in a society that is so individualistic mm-hmm. that, that we're, we're increasingly losing the emphasis on you have a responsibility to your family and that is where you find your, your prime, prime role. Mm-hmm. And what if our parents felt that way? Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. We know. would not be here. <laughs> right. And, and, and this podcast would not right. exist. For real. Um, but yeah. And I, some I, people just don't, they, they don't want to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they just sort of out of spite don't do what's considered to be, right. you know, the norm or... Well, and again, you know, this whole podcast is, you know, all the issues that we've looked at in season one, season two, and now season three are through the lens of Scripture. And as we've said, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. It doesn't say if. Yeah. Wives, be submissive to your husbands. It doesn't say if. Be fruitful and multiply. It doesn't say if. Yeah. If that fits into your career path or if that fits into, you know, your uh, five-year plan, it, the Bible gives us that mandate that we are to be fruitful and multiply and that children, mm-hmm. you know, do do have a, a place in Scripture uh, to carry this, this message on until Jesus comes yes. back. Yes, amen, you know? amen. That mm-hmm. is, I think back to immediately when we started talking about this, uh, we mentioned in the first few episodes that uh, the family is our primary ministry at, right. on this yes. earth. Mm-hmm. And I think I've been reading through, I just finished the Pentateuch 
Um, so the first five books of the Bible, um, and it it was, it's amazing because just seeing the way that God fulfilled his promises to Israel and then his command for them was specifically in Deuteronomy six, six through seven. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. Mm -hmm. So the whole purpose of Uh, one of the purposes of having children is to pass on this heritage of faith to them. That's not to say that just because your parents are saved, you're, you're saved. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is parents have this uh, responsibility on, on their lives to, to teach their children, as you said, in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is one of the greatest blessings that we're given as men and women on this earth. Yeah. Well, and, and again, I think we mentioned it last week, even the week before, parents are to be teaching mm-hmm. and raising and training their child. It's, it's not let Johnny figure it out for himself. You know, it, it is that we are, we are supposed to be investing in yeah. and, and instructing and doing those things because, uh, and, and. Over the weekend, we had a youth retreat, which we missed Allison. <laughs> Allison wasn't there. It's true. We did miss Thank her. You. you were missed. But I was privileged to speak on Saturday night at the retreat, and I talked about how that the world can dilute mm-hmm. what we think, and then being diluted leads to being delusional, mm. that you're now into a new reality that's it's not, it's not even real. Right. And I think the, the more and more that, like, say, for instance, parents say, well, I'm going to let Johnny figure it out for himself— all of a sudden, when Johnny grows up and has children, mm-hmm. that whole system that's biblical, the system of training, raising, it's diluted. Mm-hmm. And then two or three generations, it's, it's completely yeah. gone. They, it's, have, it's they not, have no firm foundation right. to stand on. Right. It's just whatever wave comes along, yeah, they just ride exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. And that's so sad because we have such, a, such an anchor in God's word. Uh, that never changes, Mm -hmm. that we get to pass down to our children and their children and their children to keep them grounded in a world that's constantly changing. Mm -hmm. And if we shirk that responsibility, then I think that God's going to judge us for that. I mean, that is, that, that's very serious. I can't disagree with that. Very, very serious. I I think that that when we have mandates and principles and precepts in the Bible, they're there for a reason. I mean, and when we don't, when we don't follow up on it, I think that there's, there's got, there has to be consequences to mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. So, um, my next question is, um, I really love the way that we talked about marriage being an allegory of, um, Christ and his church. Um, and I hope we explain that well, uh, for, for you listeners, cause it's such an important concept in the Bible, but I was wondering, um, if, if marriage is an allegory of God's relationship to the church, how do you think children fit into that? Or what kind of spiritual truth or separate allegory do they, do they convey? Well, I, I'm not, I don't want to insult anyone's intelligence, but you know, allegory is a story or a poem or a picture uh, that can be interpreted to reveal some kind of a hidden meaning, typically a moral meaning, mm-hmm. some kind of a, And so, you know, when you say that, we're, we're talking about a picture that represents yeah. something. Yeah. So the husband represents Christ, the wife represents the church. I think children represent the gospel hmm. in, in that picture. 
um, God created marriage to be this metaphor of Christ's relationship to the church. And, and the problem is that sin has confused that. Sin has confused what that picture really looks like to make it, and the word I wrote down here was unintelligible. It, it, you've diluted it, and we just said that. You dilute it, dilute it, dilute it, and then it doesn't even look like what it was supposed to look like in the beginning, and that is husbands are Christ, you know, head of their home. Wives represent that that community of faith, that gathering, that nurturing. And I think children represent the gospel in the sense that children children feel loved and they feel the mercy and the grace of their parents even when they don't know they need it. Hmm. That's just one example. Hmm. That's that's the gospel. I mean, that's what the gospel does for us. And the New Testament makes that so transparent. Uh, but if we listen to, uh, you know, today's politics, today's uh, social media or regular media, all of a sudden the lines get blurred and, and it makes it real difficult to understand what is the purpose of, of having a family? Why do we have children? And so we never realize how truly badly we are, but yet how deeply we are loved by God. But yet that's the example I think that you can see. My kids, um, there's probably times that my children didn't want to be my children, but I never quit being their father, hmm. right? There'd be things that, that they might have done that, that I was disappointed in or even upset with, but, but they were never not my children. And so I think the children help us understand allegorically or metaphorically, uh, the God's gospel. Love. I mean, it's the God, it's, that's the gospel. It's the love of Christ. It's exactly, uh, I think, the way that the Lord intended it. And again, when it's not, when, when children are not trained up and when they're not uh, uh, raised in the way of, of believing in the Lord and so forth, we're losing that. We're losing that connection between God, Christ, the church, and the gospel. We, we lose that. Mm. In the family as well as, you know, in the community of faith. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of where I see that connection with, with, the, with the allegory of, <laughs> of the church. Yeah. I also think um, pointing back to Romans 8, one of the greatest passages in all of Scripture, uh, where it talks about how we are heirs with Christ. And um, it says in verse 12, so then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So I think that there we see the perfect picture also of God's adoption of us as his children. Yeah. Um, he could have used any illustration he wanted, but he chose to take on the role as father mm -hmm. of us. Mm -hmm. um, and we are his children and he is, he is our father, obviously. But um, I think that is also a and reflection. You got, and you have to, yeah. You have to take that model and then take it and, and overlay it on the family mm -hmm. that that exactly. it should look the same. Exactly. If, yeah. if it's done, if it's a, done a, right. according to the, to the word. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, and, and it's in establishing that uh, that's just to say how important children are. Yeah 
to 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 everything because they are a reflection of the most important truth yeah. in the world. Yeah. Yeah, and and I know that we've said it more than a couple of times in this particular season, but um, you know, parents need to be parents. And a parent is going to instruct and discipline and correct and all those things. Um, but we live in a time where it seems like that that's we've almost abandoned that and we just want to be friends now. We want to, we want our kids to like us. And uh, the problem is, is that as we, as we move onward, our kids might like us, but they won't have that moral fabric. They won't mm-hmm. have that spiritual structure and stability that they need to have. I mean, my parents uh, initially did not raise me uh, in church. The first three years of life was not, I was not a church going, we were not a church going family. Uh, but when, once they started taking us, I, when I didn't want to go, they made me go. Uh, when I didn't want to participate, I, and again, this might be even off the subject, I don't know, but uh, the rule in our house was when you got to, when you were 13, when you turned 13, you could, you didn't have to sit on the same row with mom and dad, mm. okay? Now, that's, I mean, that's completely <laughs> gone. You, um, and so I turned 13. The next Sunday, I went to the back row. I mean, as far away from mom and dad as I could get, my mom and dad sat on the second row. My dad was paralyzed on the left side of his body, and he didn't do anything physically fast. I mean, he did a lot of things, but just nothing fast. So I'm back there with my friends, and I'm cutting up. I'm having a good time. It's the first time I've been out of jail, parent jail, <laughs> jail. you know, and I'm on the back row. And my dad turned around, and uh, with his good hand, his, his right side was good, he just kind of pointed in the, with the finger and, like, come here. And I said to her, I thought, he ain't coming back here, <laughs> you know, because he, cause he's, he's a handicapped guy and right. he's not coming. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I was so, he got up and, and he had a pr- very pronounced limp and he limped all the way back to that back row and got me by the arm and made me sit down with them. And I, and I, I was back in parent jail for like two more months, <laughs> right, and I had to sit with them. Now, I said all that to, to say, man, that's, that doesn't happen. That just doesn't yeah. happen anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it, rather than trying to help kids understand what it is to sit during a service, I've been asked, I cannot tell you how many times I've been asked, when are we going to start children's church on Sunday night? Yeah. And I was like, no, your, your kids need to learn to sit in mm-hmm. church at, yeah. some point, mm-hmm. at some point, right? Yeah. We keep sending them over to mm-hmm. the to the yeah. powerhouse room. They're never going to learn what it is. Mm-hmm. And I think we just continue and continue and continue to go down that path of abandoning yeah. the responsibility of, of doing what we're supposed to be doing with our children to to help complete that allegory. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not complete. I mean, yeah. it, uh, at the end, if, if the lion hadn't have come out of the tent and defeated the enemy, then the Chronicles of Narnia wouldn't have made any sense, mm-hmm. right? You, yeah. got, you, have to, you have to complete the allegory. Yeah, for real. I'm sorry. That was the only part in that movie I actually cried. I really? Cried. Yeah. When uh, when Aslan came out of that tent and and I recognized what they were. Yeah. Uh, you know the parallel you there. I yeah. was like, oh my goodness, Listen, just cried like you a got baby. A, did you read the books? I no. I oh. I just look at pictures. You, okay. <laughs> I, I, I read the pop up books. <laughs> <laughs> they are incredible. Um, really off topic, but um, the last battle is the last book, um, and it tells the story of the second coming. And there's a scene where um, Aslan brings all the children that he 
um, was with in the stories because eventually in the stories they got to an age where they couldn't come back to Narnia anymore because they were too old. So they all come back to Narnia and they're in heaven, quote unquote, and they're just running and they're, they don't get tired and they're just running with him. And I... I died. I just, that was it, huh? it was, it sent me off, but it's a beautiful hour. Well, I don't need to read it now. Totally recommend. <laughs> um, 10 out of 10. Yes. It's the best. <laughs> but anyways, maybe we could get some, uh, Chronicles of Narnia with just saying logo. Just on saying it. logo. Yeah. Make it some merch. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Sorry. It's okay. So, um, that in, would be lit. Lit. Ah, uh, that's good. Thank there you. you. Go. Thank you very you much. So in terms of practicality, what is the central role of children or a child in the family unit? Well, again, I, I, I think it's discipleship. I, I mean, that's kind of what the previous answer was about was, you know, discipleship. We are all made in God's image and part of his family. So we carry that DNA forward as we are reproducing and replenishing and multiplying and fulfilling the earth. And I, I think that you know, the, the central role is to give parents the opportunity to train a child, to be involved in discipleship, but then for that child to be receptive to yeah. the training and, and the upbringing. And then that child goes on to do the same. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a pattern that should repeat itself until Jesus comes back, until the second coming. Um, and so the central role there is not... You say central role of a child, automatically you just focus to child, but really like the what central are, what role is... What is the child is, supposed to do? Yeah. Well, and, and I, I think the parent needs to make sure they understand that responsibility. Yeah. Hmm. You know, the, and, the, and the child should be the focus of that. But then the child should be able to take that training and, that, and, and the information and discipleship and move it forward from there. Yeah. And so I, I think that's the central role. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the other role is to... Uh, Keep the smack hand strong. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm the old man in the room. Well, yeah. but I'm you know made the joke about you know the the garden needing somebody to mow the lawn. That was a joke. But <laughs> I bought in, man. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to disappoint wow. you. Yeah. God didn't say. I that. had. A, I was. God I, didn't say. That. I had all kinds of sermon <laughs> ideas coming when you said that. But but in a sense, the responsibility that they learn through chores, you know, yeah. is is part of that. It's yeah. part of the learning process. It's mm-hmm. part of what makes us become a responsible adult, mm-hmm. you know, in 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 that sense. So, you know, obviously it was a joke, but there's still a nugget of truth in there. You know, the 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 kids learn their responsibility, and this this even goes back to when we talked about. Um, I think specifically the the episode about the father is that how, you know, for myself anyway, I try to model that, mm-hmm. those responsibilities so that when it, when that time comes and, you know, Cash, for example, when the time comes for him to Mow help me cut, <laughs> cut grass, he's seen me go out and do right. it. So he, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 yeah, that's so. good. I, I think one of the things that I <clears throat> wish I would have held on to when I was younger um, was the fact that, you know, when, when kids are doing chores, um, for me, at least it was always a sense of like, well, I have to do this and this is for my parents, right. like this is their house and I just have to do this and pay my dues, you know, so I can live here or whatever. Yeah. But in reality, <laughs> I think when we understand it correctly, children are just 
a central role to a group uh, of people who are working together to help each other survive. You know, we're doing this because we love each other and we're going to help each other grow. Um, I'm going to help with this because it benefits us as a unit. It's not, I I do this because I have to do it. It's, I do this because I'm caring for my family. I'm laying my life down for my family. And when we model that for our children, it's, that's so beneficial. And and also realizing that this is a blessing. This this house, this mm-hmm. this yard is a blessing from God. And, you know, yeah. we are fortunate enough to have this and we should take care of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Get, get into you want to get into a stewardship <laughs> conversation? Yeah. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Well, when when parents, I think when they don't make that clear to their children, why do we do chores? Why yeah. do we go to church? Why do we why do we have rules? that we have to obey and why is there consequences for this? Children just are confused. Mm-hmm. And that natural instinct within us as natural born sinners is to rebel mm-hmm. and is to create yeah. that friction. But mm-hmm. as parents, the job is to gently correct and help them to understand, mm-hmm. I think. And well, sometimes not gently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not the one that said that. <laughs> I I, well, and, and just one little, and this is probably going to sound like I'm uh, you know, bragging or it's really not. But <laughs> mm-hmm. when my son got married, uh, he and he and his new bride went to one of those all inclusive places, you know, Jamaica or yeah. something. I don't remember where they went, yeah. but uh, I called his cell phone like on day three, just one check on him, see if everything's okay. Uh, he was gone for a minute or something, and my daughter in law, uh, I'm not going to say names, <laughs> but they, they'll know who I'm. she answered the phone, and you know, I was like, well, just calling to see how it's going, and. Probably one of the greatest compliments that I'd ever gotten in my life, and, and from then till now, is she said, you did a really good job raising him. Mm. Right? Yeah. Now, I wasn't calling for that. That right. might be humble brag. I don't know. <laughs> um, I wasn't calling for that, but it hel- it it rewarded me, I guess. Mm-hmm. It rewarded me yeah. because I, do, I did want to model that. How, how do you treat... A, if, if for your sons, how do you treat a woman? Yeah. That's part of the problem in the world today is because we don't have parents that are teaching kids even how to treat other people, mm-hmm. uh, except for maybe to treat them badly, right. you know. Um, and and like, I love the way you said that it's not, it's not uh, and again, you can see the parallel with church people that, so, well, I have to do this yeah. because it's, that's what's expected of me mm-hmm. to do, rather than saying, Wow. I get to. Yeah. yeah. This is a wonderful opportunity for us to uh, do and be good stewards of and take care of and do things together. And, uh, man, can you imagine if if we could get 25% of families (laughs) around the globe to just look at life that way? How much better it it would be? Yeah. So tomorrow at 10 (laughs) o'clock, 25% of all the people... Yes, that's good. It and would be nice if we could do that. It would be just to view view it as a gift, yeah, really. Yeah. Because you know, going back to your your pointing out the the allegory between the the way that people feel about the church, uh, people do that um, as a means of really just a workspace salvation, sure. yeah. a legalistic type yep. of trap that oh, I need to check XXX off my list and I'll be good with God, but. It, when we translate that over to the family, it's just, it's really just, oh, thank you, mom and dad. Thank you, brother and sister yeah, for, yeah. for being there for me, for being my people. And I'm going to serve, serve you out of thankfulness and out of love. If a husband 
is is providing for his family and doing things for his wife in a sense of I'm laying my life down for her, but he's only doing it out of obligation. Mm. That's just frustrating. Mm -hmm. You you will not be fulfilled. You'll get burned out. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll get to the point where unfortunately then it's, then it goes to the selfish part of it Mm -hmm. and says, okay, what about me now? Yeah. You know, I've done, 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 done. What about, but if you could somehow find the context of love, not, not, phileo love, not erotic love, but this agape love Mm -hmm. and say, we as a family, we do this because we love each other. Um, right now my, my daughter is, I think she's 38. (laughs) She'll be 39 in August. I think (laughs) married on her own has some of those fur babies that that one of you guys have mentioned (laughs) a while ago. So that's why I was telling you, be careful about that. Um, and, but she, she knows like right now, she knows how much I love her, that she could call me at any time. And even though I'm, you know, 61, she's 38, I'm still going to do things out of love for her. And same for my son, same for my wife. Uh, but when we start doing it out of obligation, that's where it just leads to this place of, of frustration and, 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 and pent up uh, Almost a pinned up anger, mm-hmm. resentment. Uh, yeah, really. oh, resentment's yeah. probably the better word. Yeah. I, I hate to admit that she used a better word. <laughs> she did. You'll have that. I know. <laughs> but I love her. Aww, you can't have them all. Too. <laughs> <laughs> One point, Allison. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. No, I know you're keeping. I saw it. I saw you write it down over there. <laughs> oh man. Is that what those tally marks are? <laughs> yeah. She's scratching the tables while she's doing. Do you see that? You all would hear it if I was scratching the table, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Sound effect. Uh, Go to TSWCSoundEffects.com. Oh, man. In the works. All the proceeds go to sponsor the podcast. Just saying. (laughs) So, um, you know, we always do this every episode, taking the wrong turn. Like, we establish, like, what's the good? What's the... What's the... Ideal, and then we go. So, how have we done this wrong? Yeah. So, what do you think? Well, I, I think there's a there's a lot to say about parents who try to live out their life through their children, mm. and I think that leads to some some misdirection. We love our kids for what they can accomplish, or we use the old carrot stick type of uh, parenting, you know, where we hold a reward out in front of them and that kind of thing, but. What, what I would say to that is, is neither of those is how the gospel teaches us how to raise children. It's not about their accomplishments. It's not about how hard we can push them to succeed in uh, our most important task. And I say this with, I know we have a lot of fun on this podcast, but I say this with all sincerity. Our most important task as parents is to pass on spiritual truth mm. To, and godly values to our children. Yeah, yeah. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a grandson, uh, Jonas. I, uh, he's my buddy. I mean, we've been together since since he was born. I mean, I just... And Jonas is 12 years old, and he's 6 foot 2 and, and weighs a little over 200 pounds. <laughs> and everybody thinks he should be playing sports. Yeah, yeah. Even Grandpa <laughs> thinks he should but. But he, he's just, that's just not what he's not interested he is, in. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes in my mind, I, I'm like, come on, you know, <laughs> yeah. you could buy me a house someday. <laughs> um, but that's just not, but, but yet there will be parents, unfortunately, 
because of a certain uh, skill set that they maybe had that they never really got to uh, really play it out. Yeah. They try to live that out in their kids, and they push their kids. And it always drove me crazy when my kids were growing up and they were playing t-ball and basketball and buddy ball and all that stuff, how some parents in the stands acted. It was it, – well, I mean, you could just – you could tell what happens at home. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just a real a real quick story, and I know that we're we're bumping at 35 minutes already. But uh, <laughs> when we first moved to this area, me and my family, if if you want to know more about me, go to season one, episode one, <laughs> getting to know PT. But my we're from Indianapolis. We moved down here in '92, and uh, my son Joshua was into basketball, and we lived out in Wayne County, West Virginia, and out Wayne, out Wayne, O Dub, <laughs> shout out O Dub. Um, and uh, he, he got on a buddy buddy ball team, and they the team he was on was playing against a team that I think was undefeated. And and I'm going to try to make this real short. Towards the end of the game, it's tight. As a matter of fact, I think we were up by two points or something like that. And uh, we had stolen the ball, and our guy's running down the court, and the other coach yells and says, stop him, stop him. And I'll, I can see it in my mind right now. I even know the kid's name that did it. It, this kid that was a son of the coach goes up and just jacks this guy right in the head <laughs> oh and stops goodness. him. He stops him. Mission right? accomplished. Right? <laughs> I and, did it, Dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and so if you could take that little microcosm yeah. Uh, yeah, to the macro, real. I mean, parents that li- – and, and then <laughs> what's, what was even worse, the assistant coach, once the technical was called, the assistant coach – this is buddy ball. Mm-hmm. This is sixth and seventh graders. He takes the clipboard and throws it like oh a crosser. Now, I know what everybody's going to say. Oh, okay, PT, you're from Indiana. You got Bobby Knight throwing chairs across. <laughs> Listen, I didn't say it was right that he did that, <laughs> although there's a story behind that. <laughs> but, but I just, again, I see that, and then I go, I, I'm pretty sure I know what goes on at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Instead, the most important task is to pass on spiritual truth and godly values to your children. Um, and we do that through our daily tasks of parenting, mm-hmm. parenting, doing it the way God wants us to do, establishing rules that come from your convictions, that come from your moral standards, and that day-to-day conversation with, with your children. This is why we do what we do. This is how we're going to do it, and this is why we do it. Not just, hey, get out there and do that, and, and they say, well, why do we have to do it? Well, because I'm Cause your dad. So. You yeah. go do that. <laughs> yeah. you know, but having the conversation and explaining it, instructing, teaching, discipling, I mean, it's just a seems to be a lost art. Yeah, it is. I agree. For real. It is. And, you know, that story, um, even if that kid who punched the little boy, um, even if his dad wasn't there, I feel like in a separate situation, if he would have acted out that way, you see his father in him. So your children are a reflection of you, of who you are. When you look at a kid and they're misbehaving, you know that the number one influence on their life is their parents. So that's just another, I guess, convicting point is that how you treat them at home and how you raise them is going to be evident in how they live their lives. I wish I could remember... And I, I I really dislike how your memory starts going when you get older. But <laughs> some somebody just last week, uh, they, and their child was uh, it's just like five or six years old, and they came up to me and again, okay, humble brag, uh, said it's PT the best pastor in the world. Okay, mm-hmm. now 
I went right to their parents. I said, if you want to know what, what goes on at home, you spend five minutes with the kids, you'll know what's going on at home. Yeah. That must be what's going on at home. It's not, you know, hey, PT, he's really the worst preacher ever, and he, he don't love us. They must say... Mm-hmm. No, that our pastor is the best pastor in the world, little Johnny hey, or whatever. Yeah. You stink. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get that like too. Boy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you played that out like maybe you'd even thought about doing it at some point. That hurts me. Oh man. I never no, you're absolutely right, though, and whether we want to acknowledge it or not, our kids are watching mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. they are paying close attention. And I myself have been guilty of even, you know, forgetting that sometime. And I think maybe because how small Cash is, you know, yeah. he, he just turned three in March. Yeah. But he's, they're, they're smart. smart. Yeah. I'm, they're I was smart. going to say are. that, man. I, I, when I deal with some couples that are hitting a rough patch in their marriage and, uh, you know, and, and one of the questions I will ask them is like, you know, how are your children responding? And in those cases where they say, well, our children don't know anything about it. I'm like, no, yes, you're, they do. <laughs> you are fooled yes, right now because they're smart. They yeah, figure it out. They're and, smart. Uh, and they, and they will watch. And, um, you know, w- w- again, going back with Holly, um, when, when her first date was with me, because I wanted to take her out and show her how she was to be treated yeah. because I don't, I don't want to depend on someone else's parenting skills. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry to say yeah. that, but I just don't want to depend Ooh, on someone else's. That's good. I'm sorry. No, yeah. yeah. Oh no, I'm not sorry. Yeah. So, and I told her, I sorry, said, not sorry. Yeah. S N S. We just made up a new word. That's good. Um, but I, I wanted her to know so that if she got out with somebody and they weren't treating her right, mm-hmm. then then she had a standard. She had right, some, right, right. something to compare it to to say this is yeah. not right. Mm-hmm. And I think again, I think that we have a world that does not have. Yeah. Parents in, in responsible positions of influence, influencing the children to say, you know, here's some godly values, here's some mm-hmm. spiritual values. And instead, we're backing up saying, nah, yeah. we're going to let them figure this out. Yeah. And that's a bad, that's a bad strategy. Mm-hmm. Well, Charlie, Charlie's my stepdaughter, and she's 11. And ever since Amanda and I have been married, I will... If I'm, especially if I'm driving, Charlie's in the in the seat behind me. I get out and I open her door, mm-hmm. and I remember I did it a couple times, you know, early on. And she was like, "Why do you open my door?" And I'm like, "Because that's what a gentleman does. He yeah. opens the door for a lady, yeah. you know." And I know it's a little tiny thing, but hopefully that's something she remembers. She'll you stick, know, yeah. Later on, yeah. I read a I read a book recently. It's called uh, "What He Must Be If He Wants to Marry My Daughter" uh, by Vadi Bakum. It's really good. Um, but he was talking, he was, uh, telling a story about, uh, this, this 16 year old boy who, who came to this father's house and, um, he had a shotgun in his lap and he was giving him all the rules and stuff and all this and telling him, you know, you better have her back by, (laughs) by 10 or I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to kill you. And then at the end of the story, he hands him the keys to a new Camaro. And so all of a sudden you're like, well, whoa, I thought that would be his daughter. And the point of the story was he would never hand the keys to a new Camaro over to a 16-year-old boy. Right. So why in the world mm-hmm. would you give something as precious as your daughter yeah. to to a 16-year-old boy? And, yeah. and you know, that's not the point of this, you know, with dating and stuff. You can go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> no, but we, the, did we did do yeah, that, didn't we? But sure. the point is her, her father 
uh, the, the man who wrote the book, he recognized what a treasure she was and what you guys are doing too in that and instilling that in, in his daughter. So, um, to wrap us up, wrap I us think, up, wrap us up producer. Yes. I want to, I want to hit on how can children glorify God in their role in the family? Well, I think children can glorify God when they see Jesus in us and in, in their parents and, you know, full of grace, full of truth, just like John 1 talks about. And they glorify God as a reflection of what they receive from us. And that means that God is calling them into this this high love and, and high challenge environment of having a spiritual foundation, have a moral compass, all those things that they glorify God. Now, that can't happen if they don't have it. They don't have it if we don't teach them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, that they glorify God by being a reflection of uh, what what moms and dads should be doing biblically to raise their children. And that's that's where the glory comes. And then once they get to that point where they're, you know, 18, 19, 20, 25, getting married, doing, having their own children, and that process repeats, mm-hmm. I think that brings glory to God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's how they, I think that's how they can do it. But again, it goes back to, uh, you take one piece of that puzzle out, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, if you take True. if you take children that are constantly in rebellion uh, against what a parent's trying to do, it doesn't work. If you have parents that are tired of trying to make it work and it's not working, so they just back off, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. If you take God out of the picture, not going to work. I mean, it takes all those working pieces together to see that that God does receive glory because when we do it His way, it works. I, I've, I've told couples this for years. I'm going to write a, another book. I have written one book. Actually, it's a pamphlet. Um, I have written a book. Uh, I'm going to write a book. It's going to have one page in it. Okay? <laughs> that one page is going to have one paragraph. That paragraph is basically going to be read your Bible together, pray together, love each other. That fixes anything and everything. There's, there's nothing that won't fix if you try it. I'm going to sell the book for $100. <laughs> Double your money back guaranteed that if it doesn't work, I'll give you back $200 because I'm so convinced that that's, that it works when we do it his way. It works. There's not anything that we, that we try to navigate in this life that there's not biblical answers for. That's, that's what this whole podcast is about. Looking through the lens of scripture to deal with the issues of life. And, and so kids glorify God when parents, do their particular part of the of the gear work, mm-hmm. and then see kids go on to duplicate that, and then that that I think that brings glory to God, and and that's what we need to see. Uh, the world would be oh, just just a totally different place if we could see more of that happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Amen. So uh, thank you guys for joining us today. Um, I hope that was edifying to you and encouraging and. You know, especially for families, I think I think this this season is really relatable to everyone, really, because, you know, when we hit the first season, there were some topics that people might not have been able to relate with. Well, but this one, surely um, it'll be it'll be good for everyone. So and I even tried to use some Gen Z words. Yeah. You know, and, you know, not everybody is a is a mother or a father, but we're all children. We're all children of God. So there's something for everybody. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So uh, 
Hopefully you guys will be able to join us uh, next week. We will be having a special guest. Mm. I'm excited. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. No, it needs to be like a oh, like a fun A funner one. He's got the fun ones. I don't have the fun ones. I like it. I like it. So join us for that. If you have any questions, send them in to twagner977 at gmail.com. And we'll get to them in our lightning round. And uh, we will see you guys next week. See ya. Bye.